0: This is Pixel Splitters,
1: your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. I don't really know what order this is. I got it off a website that would load for me. And Willis.
0: This is a new category that we were like, I don't know what this means. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really is.
1: Happy 2024, dear listener. We're back. We're officially back. Yes. For uh, another year of pixel splitters. We missed you. I missed doing this. It's weird because we've gotten into this. Uh, this kind of routine so much at this point that over yeah. the last two weeks, I'm like, I'm missing. There's something missing. Something here. I'm
0: not doing. There's yeah, a void. Like a, a box I should be checking this week.
1: Yeah. Um. But we're back and we have some stuff to talk about. Of course, the Golden Globes happened this past weekend. We neither of us really knew it was going on, but it just happened. And we
0: do this <laughs> like professionally. Like, yeah. Yeah. They were just kind of like, oh, by the way.
1: And so uh, we didn't watch them, but we are going to talk about them. So, you know, think on that for a minute. Uh, and okay. we are also going to be doing something a little bit different other rather than doing a tuned in this week because we have so much built up content over the last couple weeks that we are just going to fill in the last half of this episode yeah. with tuned in because just because
0: we weren't doing this podcast doesn't mean we weren't watching
1: movies. Yeah. In fact, we probably were watching more movies because we didn't have to do this podcast. So, you know, it is what it is. Um,
0: although I will spare you all my reviews of the several dozen Christmas movies I watched. (laughs) that's an exaggeration it was like eight but still
1: but still that's a lot of christmas movies and we're no longer in christmas time so um, we're not it's true yeah so yeah that's what we're going to be doing this week folks pretty simple pretty easy Uh, before we do that let me break down what we got coming this week uh, we've got a bunch of theater releases. It's dumpy. Um Last week we had a couple. This week we've got the beekeeper, David Ayer's new movie, which I'm going to be super honest. I'm really looking forward to this movie.
0: Every time I see something for that, I can't decide if it looks good or not.
1: I think it doesn't look good, but that's that's perfect. That's Jason yeah. Statham right. as a beekeeper. There you go. Who's for some reason killing people like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Um, and David Ayer, like, you know, not great, but he does well at this type of thing. So yeah. um, we also have the Book of Clarence, which I just saw a trailer for recently, which looks pretty interesting. Um, I think Lakeith Stanfield is in this movie. Which yeah. I love Lakeith. Uh, and it looks like some sort of a religious kind of fable tale that's also a comedy. I don't know. It's there. Watch it if you want to. Um, we also have Mean Girls, the re the musical mm-hmm. version of Mean Girls. Um, I don't know how to feel about this. I I don't either. You know,
0: they released a final trailer that was much more musically inclined. Yeah, uh, although it didn't have any of the actual musical numbers involved, it, there is rhythm to it. I'll guess I'll say right. But uh,
1: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I'll be seeing this in a theater, but I'll check it out once it hits streaming for sure. Um, and then we have Soul being re-released in theaters, which I heard that Pixar was going to be doing this throughout the year um, because these movies obviously premiered during COVID and they Mm -hmm. weren't going to theaters. So that's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. Um,
0: This feels like a Bob Iger move to me.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll see how it does in the box office. Um, But those are all premiering on January 12th of this year. And that's what's coming for theaters, for streaming, for shows. We have Echo, long-awaited Echo. I think this was supposed to come two years ago and now it's finally here. Um, mm-hmm. hitting Disney plus and Hulu on the 10th yeah which is interesting I think it's the first time they've done that maybe
0: yeah I yeah
1: because this is TVMA which who knows what that means in Marvel language but um we have that we also have Ted the miniseries coming to Peacock on the 11th I don't know yeah you know it's there. <laughs> It's coming. Good for Seth McFarlane. Uh, we have criminal record hitting Apple TV plus on the 12th. We have traders season two hitting peacock on the 12th and we have true detective night country hitting max on the 14th, which I'm am hearing amazing things about. Yeah. Um, you true I detective ducked out fan? of the last,
0: I was a huge fan of the first one, a decent fan of the second one, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. And then I don't think I watched the third one. Gotcha. Um, but I am here for some Jodie Foster in the snow.
1: Yeah. Jodie Foster in the snow is right. Um, I might have to, I haven't seen a frame of true detective. So I think I have to watch the first season.
0: I feel like you got to watch the other, the, the second and third ones are do what with them, what you will. Um, but you need the first one as a point of reference. I feel like for anything.
1: Yeah. It's McConaughey and Woody, right?
0: Yeah. Come on. Yep.
1: Come on. I got arguably
0: (laughs) Matthew McConaughey's most iconic role
1: at this point. Okay. Okay, you've sold me. I gotta watch it. Um so that's what's coming for shows for movies. We have Society of Snow. These actually came last week. I just want to shout them out because we don't have that mm-hmm. much coming. Uh Society of Snow hit Netflix on the fourth, which I think is gonna be an Oscar contender potentially. Yeah. Um Eileen That's a
0: foreign, that's France's foreign language
1: f- mm, film. I think the taste of things is France's. I don't remember what this is. Um which is weird because Anatomy of a Fall wasn't francis <laughs> so i'm just kind of like what
0: uh, yeah um spain. spain spain's submission gotcha oh so spain france
1: yeah <laughs> same thing i guess um so we have that We as have- i lose
0: all of our international <laughs> yeah, listeners
1: um we also have eileen hitting pvod which i'm like i wanted to see this anyway um Thomas and McKenzie and Anne Hathaway sounds good mm-hmm. to me. Uh, Saltburn is now on Prime. Foe is now on Prime. And good grief, the Dan Levy film is now on Netflix. Um, a lot of there we go, all over the place stuff. But that's what's coming this week, folks. And without further ado, let's talk about the Golden Globes. So the Golden Globes happened this past weekend. Like we said at the top, neither of us Indeed were aware. they did and they just kind of had, Yeah,
0: I just started getting push notifications about winners, and I was like,
1: oh. Yeah, that's going on right now. Yeah, um, wasn't in my calendar. Wasn't in my calendar either, needless to say. Neither of us watched any of this live. I haven't even really seen. Actually, that's not true. I watched one acceptance speech, which I thought was pretty phenomenal. Other than that, didn't didn't see anything. So all of the stuff that yeah. we learned was after the fact and just through articles and, and other things like that. Um, It seemed like... The Golden Globe's doing their thing. Not quite what you want, but not quite <laughs> terrible either.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it seemed fairly poorly received. Yeah, uh, from what I've been reading. Um just kind of things that weren't clean. Yeah. Weren't like weren't well made.
1: Um maybe not produced well.
0: Yeah, sorry. That's kind of what I'm going for. Clean makes it sound like it was like, you know,
1: filthy, um, yeah,
0: <laughs> filthy or something like that, but not well produced. Um, and just kind of like happened,
1: yeah. Um,
0: which is really not what the Globes needs right now. Dedicated listeners may remember uh, a couple of years ago, the Globes were not aired at all, yeah. Um, I don't remember. Do you remember exactly why that was? I don't remember. I why think
1: exactly. it was because of the, the, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association kind of having so much backlash.
0: Oh, yes. All the controversy. Yes, yes, yes. Because the Hollywood Foreign Press was um, mostly white people. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mostly white people just wanting to hang out with movie stars. Um, yeah. And then last year was on NBC mm-hmm. and they uh, it same kind of thing. Yeah, it was like it happened. Yeah, I remember um, Mike
1: White was really drunk on stage for White yes. Lotus. <laughs>
0: Yep, and there were some. I mean, there were some good moments. There was, yeah. you know, uh, that yep. for sure. There was, um, what's her name's uh, acceptance speech? Um, Jennifer Coolidge.
1: Oh yeah, so um, good.
0: One hundred percent. Just Googled Stifler's mom uh, <laughs> to remember her name. Um, you know, it's like there was some good stuff, and like it was the first time we really thought Key was gonna be like, yeah. A major not not first time, but
1: but it was solidified. Was gonna
0: be a major player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same with Brendan Fraser and stuff. And it was like this is gonna go. Um yeah. this year, from what I can see, not a lot of like big moments coming out of it. Right. Um right. Well, good big moments. Sure. Were.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And like you said this off pod, but it it was kind of and we will run through the categories and the winners for the movies uh, for the movie categories. But you said this off pod, like it's kind of unsurprising. Like there weren't really any upsets. There weren't really anything that took me by surprise when reading it. I was like, yeah, that that fact that, you know, factors. Um, But so, yeah. And I don't know if that has anything to do with the poor reception that the globes have been getting because really the golden globes are like the boozy night for the stars. Like you, you look at the, you look at the crowd shots for this year, dude, everybody is there. Like everybody is there. People who don't even work in the industry are there. Like, like, you know, Taylor Swift and Kylie Jenner and so many people were Mm -hmm. huge. The biggest names in the world were here, um, which is kind of what it's for, I guess. Just giving famous people, giving famous people awards.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, like it is just like a, an awards show, but it's one, I think that doesn't carry the same, I want to say glamour and weight as like the Oscars um, totally. or, you know, the SAG awards, which are much more, I think, respected in terms of honoring like performance and skill and talent and whatnot. Um, Whereas the Golden Globes, it's the fucking Golden Globes. Like. Yeah, I'm going to go whatever happens happens. I don't even know that we can count it as like a actual indicator of where the Oscars are going or things like that. Right anymore.
1: You know, yeah. it's
0: kind of like that's this is what we do. Right. So
1: exactly. It's what it's what they do. Literally. Um. Yeah, I I do want to point out that this year they were up 50 percent in terms of viewership at nine point four million viewers, which is substantial. It's good for them. I don't know quite why that happened maybe it's because i mean more people had seen some of the movies that because that's always a problem is like no one has seen a lot of the more obscure things and i think this year even movies like poor things anatomy of a fall those played wide like poor things is wide now Mm -hmm. and anatomy of a fall was like a month ago and i think people have heard of these movies. And then, you know, you have Oppenheimer and Barbie and it's like the whole world saw those movies. And of course people have something to connect to there. Um,
0: And I think that's kind of the, the main thing that drew a lot of people in is like, yeah, Barbenheimer was a cultural phenomenon. And like, this is our really our first, you know, I think there was, there was, uh, there was another award show a little while ago, but yeah, um, this is the first big one where it's like, let's, Talk about Oppenheimer and Barbie and yeah, that's not a nothing in terms of draw. Definitely.
1: So. Definitely. Both movies are, you know, we're either past or we're almost at a billion dollars. That's huge. Um, yeah. So we're just going to kind of run through some of the categories here. Uh Do you want to start at the top or do you want to start at? Well, let's start with the opening. Okay. I don't know what one, order I'm in here I just copied Well I'm it.
0: sorry I mean I'm ta- in terms of the uh, opening monologue Because I do oh, want to talk about that yeah, for a hot minute Because yeah. you know we said oh. Not a lot of big moments Coming out of the <laughs> The show yeah. Um. But arguably the one I keep seeing Is Joe Coy Who hosted this year um, Just absolutely Bombing on his opening uh, Monologue
1: Like very hard Yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah. Um do what he is uh he did just get the gig 10 days ago. Sure. Um he's a stand-up comic. Think he's a stand-up comic um but damn that didn't go well. No. Um <laughs> it's really hard to watch. Um
1: The reaction shots are like The reaction oh, shots are
0: awkward. Cool. I didn't get through like the whole thing, but Um, it was basically just like a lot of jokes that fell flat and were in poor taste. And the thing that really got me was as soon as it started going poorly, he threw his writers under the bus, right? He was like, Hey, I only wrote some of these. And the ones I wrote, you're laughing at, which in the first big appearance post, like in the first big award show post the writer's strike, not a good look and not going to get The crowd on your side no no um woof tough um but uh i don't know i don't know what else to say to that but it's like that's gonna be the thing that everybody hears um and what a blow to uh to koi's career honestly honestly um when you're talking about in the past this has been done by like ricky gervais and tina fey and amy poehler and jimmy kimmel like jimmy kimmel yeah, yeah. people who, well jimmy kimmel hosts the oscars but
1: oh true true but people that are like reliable even if you don't like their style people who can kind of like don't they kind of don't care and it seemed like joe coy really cared to the point of like oh this is not going well i need to save this do by, whatever i can to save yeah, it. yeah exactly um not good not really good and yeah. kind of put a sour taste in everybody's mouth to start the night i would assume um yeah yeah, we kind of need to get away from this whole like bashing the movies that we're about to talk about type of thing. Yeah. Like I just don't understand that in these awards yeah. like monologues. <laughs> like what the hell?
0: I, I always remember and I will date myself here, but I will never forget uh Billy Crystal's Oscar like opening songs. Yeah. You know, that was always fantastic.
1: Why can't we get back to that? I just I don't understand, but yeah. Bill so and
0: Crystal's still around. I'm just pointing that I, true, out.
1: True. True. Get him up there. Oh. Um,
0: <laughs> but the hosting of these things is always hit or miss. And it was definitely a miss. So yes. yes. Uh, with that, let's talk about some nominations.
1: Let's do or it. Or wins. Yeah. Let's talk about some wins. Um, do we want to go? I don't really know what order this is. I got it off a website that would load for me. Um, and I'm not <laughs> nice. sure which one that was. So what are you on? Uh, it, it, I think it was like oh, a what, what category category. Well, no. What what? Oh, are you dude, on? I think it was just like the Guardian, because like the Hollywood Reporter like oh. wasn't doing it for me, because um, I was just trying okay. to copy them all. So, I mean, I have song as last.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about song.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like, wow. uh,
0: throw them out there. We don't have to go. We'll save winner uh, for last. the best picture and the best actors for last. Gotcha. You know, um, okay. but, uh, yeah, best song went to uh. Billy Eilish, I believe. Yep. Correct? Yep. For What Was yeah. I Made For? For What Was I Made For? From Barbie. Um yeah. Kind of one of, I think, three songs yep. nominated for, uh, from Barbie, um, as is seemingly going to be the same for the Oscars. Of course. Uh, although we don't know. Yeah. Um. But not I'm Just Ken. But not I'm Just Ken. And not Peaches.
1: And not Peaches.
0: <laughs> yeah. Justice for Peaches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, this is, it is one of those ones that's like, this was always going to go to Barbie.
1: In one of these, um, yeah. In
0: some capacity. Um, and, you know, when you're talking about, uh, not to like diminish any of the other lyricists or musicians, but like I'm Just Ken and Dance the Night are um, part of the story. Sure. I'll put it that way, where uh, what was I made for is Billie Eilish just going full force, Billy Eilish. And that's a really hard thing to compete with anywhere. It is. So.
1: It is. I mean, I think she's won Oscars before. Potentially. I don't, don't quote me on mm-hmm. that, but I'm like, she's been nominated for Oscars
0: for the James Bond.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which that always happens, but she's, you know, <laughs> she doesn't mess around here. Um, yeah. and then it's Barbie, which is it's Barbie. Like, what are you going to yeah. do? Um, so I'm cool with that. Makes sense. Totally works. Yep. Uh, um, next I have best original score. Yep, which went to Ludwig Goranson for Oppenheimer, which like yes, yeah. And now I will say there were some absolutely unbelievable scores this year. This being this one of them. This is a big them. year for score, yeah. But the Oppenheimer score is the only one. I, I do this to Killers Killers of the Flower Moon too, but the Oppenheimer score I will just put on and like listen mm-hmm. to the whole thing because it's mm-hmm. so perfectly it perfectly fits with the film, but is also such a Nolan movie score. Yeah, And I don't know. Gorenson just is, is the goat. Like he's so good. Crush it. Um, and he
0: did great, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. That that's one that, I yeah, it, it's, I think this will be a, a reoccurring theme, but it's one of those things that really just showcases how much Oppenheimer kind of stands above yeah. the rest of them. Yeah. Um, Um, do you want to go on to animated film? Sure. I know you had some thoughts on here.
1: Uh, I did have some thoughts on here. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, so (laughs) yeah, you can read it.
0: Yeah. So best motion picture animated, uh, went to the boy and the heron.
1: Yeah. Which I literally texted you about. Spider-Man
0: across (laughs) the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Uh, I think that was one of my first things I was like, oh, it's, the, <laughs> the, it's Golden the Golden Globes. It's the Golden
1: Globes, yeah. Um,
0: um, wild.
1: Yeah, I I mean, so it was always between Across the Spider-Verse yes. and, and The Boy and the Heron because it's Miyazaki versus like mm-hmm. arguably the best uh, animated film of the year. But, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with this having not seen The Boy and the Heron. I would Give Miyazaki any flowers you possibly can. Um, mm-hmm. But I am kind of shocked and it makes me think like, hmm has the spider verse thing kind of like died down a little bit
0: yeah i mean i would say the boy in the heron is definitely having a moment right now yeah Um. a lot of people are talking about this movie yeah and spider verse was a while ago yeah um although i did just watch it again the other day because i was like i'm just gonna yeah. watch this movie it's on netflix now
1: it's hard. um oh
0: it makes me really want to see the boy in the hair. Not that I didn't want to see the boy in the hair, but I'm like, sure. it raises the stakes of that movie of, yeah, this is another, this is another level. Yeah. Um, Qualifier. It's the golden globes, but like, sure. You know, that's something else. That's not an insignificant win. Yeah. If we're talking like Oscar potentials.
1: Absolutely. And the funny part is like, Aside from Suzume, which was also nominated, we have mm-hmm. Wish, Elemental, and the Super Mario Bros. movie. So we have yeah, Pixar, Disney, and Illumination—the big three in animated yeah. for animated uh stu- animation studios. And so it's like, and they're all kind of just throwing out like whatever at this point. Well, and
0: you know, I I don't know Suzume, but like, um, and I haven't seen Wish either. But Elemental was certainly like just kind of cookie cutter. But yeah. Pixar is always. Up there. Yeah. 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 We talk we've talked about that at length yeah, before. We have.
1: So. We, we don't need to dive into that right now. Yeah.
0: Um let's talk about one of the new ones this year. Yeah. Um, cinematic and box office achievement. Now, yeah, dear listener, if you listen to our uh I think it was fairly quick coverage when uh the Golden Globe nominations came out. Yeah, this is a new category that we were like, I don't know what this means. I still don't know what it means. Um, Yeah. So like nominations included uh, Guardians 3, John Wick 4, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, um, Oppenheimer, Spider-Verse, Mario, Taylor Swift, uh, and Barbie. Yeah. Um, The last of which was the one that won. Yeah. So is this just box, like top of the box office? Barbie was the highest box office of the year.
1: Well- and we talked about this on the on the previous episode but if it is then these nominees don't make any sense because these are not the top 7 or whatever highest grossing movies of like Taylor Swift yeah. era is, is not anywhere even close to the top 20 yeah. um uh, i mission impossible dead reckoning i don't think is john wick 4 i don't think it, it may they might be in the top Ten, like the oh, hey, we have the internet here. That's true. Like. <laughs> I was trying to like go off my off the dome, but you're right. You're right.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, what do we got? We got top five: were Barbie, Mario, Oppenheimer, Spider Verse, Guardians, Oppenheimer.
1: Yeah, that's domestic, right?
0: That's whatever I've yeah. That's domestic yeah. on. Uh, yeah, here. Let me do worldwide. Um, because
1: that's Barbie, Mario, Oppenheimer. Yeah, Guardians, fast, fast. Right. So it's like, did you just exclude the movies that are not very good? Like Quantumania I think is up there. Yeah.
0: Well, where's The Little Mermaid? Little you know Mermaid, I mean? like, yeah. Things like that. Um, oh, God. Meg 2 The Trench is very high on this Oh, list. we don't need um, to. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so I think there is something. It's not purely box office. No. I don't think. Because, yeah, Ares Tour was a cinematic achievement out of, in of itself, even though it didn't equal you know the highest uh i think it was 22nd of the year right international
1: right right
0: um or global uh so i don't know i mean this is one that i'm like this is a weird year to ask this because barbie was number one and arguably did have the biggest like cinematic achievement so we can't really Absolutely. explore um, what it was right
1: but. yeah but you know i i wonder if they'll do it next year um i wonder if the oscars will do anything like this this year
0: yeah um, this is the equivalent of uh greatest um cinematic cheer moment yeah from what last
1: year two yeah. years ago maybe two years ago um that was just a travesty and i mean if they do it this year i mean it's barbie i mean it's barbie yeah like you can't yeah. <laughs> so yeah i don't know i mean well deserved for sure it did some crazy shit so you know good on all of them yeah. i guess um um let's see here let's do let's do screenplay best screenplay okay um which i do not believe they do original or i don't yeah think that's they,
0: just it's just full screenplay. on yeah yeah which is weird because it's one of those things that's like uh they split everything else into yeah 45 different things but, but not, this is just best screenplay of a motion picture yes um you know no comedy versus drama or anything like no that original just best, adapted
1: yeah, yeah. Um, um which went to anatomy of a fall which is deserving it's a great screenplay i of course would have loved to see past lives up here but if you look at mm-hmm. the nominees we have barbie poor things oppenheimer killers of the flower moon and past lives i mean those are some of the best scripts not just of the year but yeah. of the decade if not the century that's a Um, (laughs) massive
0: list to come out of the win. out with the win, it is
1: insane and i'm not sure that anatomy of the fall is the best script in that but it is really really good um and yeah justine Trier and and arthur harari uh good on you because this that's a huge win over uh a scorsese movie uh a gerwig movie a nolan movie um so yeah that's best screenplay um where do we go from here let's see
0: I mean I feel like from here we really just Got to get into the uh the big ones Right the the actors yeah. yeah um Let's run through we don't really talk about TV On this but I want to hit a couple of, I want to just say them mm-hmm. um Best television series For drama went to succession mm-hmm. um I don't think there was a lot of question Of if, if that was going to happen nope. uh musical Or comedy went to the bear which Have you comedy? watched the bear yet no. Josh You gotta watch the I bear, know man, man.
1: I know I know I know
0: I'm I've I felt bad about pressuring you for it and I've gotten past that especially when you start posting uh things about how much you love io there Um, Uh,
1: true true and that's the one thing (laughs) that I didn't watch uh
0: speaking of which uh she took best performance by a female Mm -hmm. actor in a television series musical or comedy um Kieran Culkin well here let me get some sort of order here um Ali Waugh, oh God, there's so many.
1: I know, it's insane.
0: There's too many categories here. Um, So I'm just going to run down the list real quick.
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: So uh, best television limited series, uh, anthology series, or motion picture made for television. I just made a face and gestured. Uh, Went to Beef. Yep. um, Performance by a female actor in a television series drama. Went to Sarah Snook for Succession. Uh, Performance by a male actor in a television series drama. Went to Kieran Culkin. Um, who gave a really actually great speech um, and gave us one of the memeable moments out of the production? Oh, love it! Jeremy Allen White won for uh, best male actor in a television series musical comedy for The Bear. Um, deserved. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's weird when you consider he was up against Bill Hader, Steve Martin, Jason Segel, Martin Short, and Jason Sudeikis. Insane lineup. Um, that's nuts. Um, all of whom I would say is like, yeah, musical or comedy, but then The Bear is kind of like, I guess okay. It's lighthearted. I don't know if I'd call it a comedy though.
1: Yeah. The rest of those um, are straight comedies.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve Yun for beef for um, male actor in a limited series. Uh, Elizabeth Debicki for the crown in uh, actress in a supporting role. And then Matthew McFadden for succession for actress in a supporting yes. role in TV. Um, and also best performance in stand-up comedy on television was, uh, Ricky Gervais. Sure. Which is also a new category this year. Yeah. Um, and I was hope, I feel like they were hoping for a, uh, like a moment in that because like f- funny people, right? you know, like they'll do a funny speech or something right. and Ricky Gervais was not there. Right. <laughs> so it just kind of, the moment just kind of happened. It just and then fizzled. Went, so. <laughs> Um, so oh, God crash course to the TV stuff. Um, worth watching a handful of the, uh, yeah. acceptance speeches. They were, they were pretty good, but, um, yeah, this is not really a TV
1: pod. It's, it's not, done. it's not, we but like go watch TV, the to bear, but yeah, I know I need to fucking watch the bear. I know, I know you're one of 45 people who's like, you need to watch yeah. the bear right now. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: all it will take is one.
1: I know, I know. And that's, that's a problem for me. Cause then I'll binge it. Um, <laughs> anyway (laughs) anyhow so now should we just go into the actors here for for movies let's Um, go into the actors so let's do best performance by female actor in a supporting role in any motion picture so it's not split somehow for some reason here yeah
0: the supporting actors in this are not split
1: the leads are the
0: main actors are split between drama and comedy or musical yeah because the Golden Globes just likes chaos. They just
1: do whatever the hell they want to. Um, yeah. And the winner for this is Dave Vine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers, which I have now seen. Yes. And she definitely deserves it. She's really, really good yeah. at that. She kind of holds that movie together for me, honestly, because mm-hmm. you'd be stuck with two people who can kind of be like a little acidic. And she's kind <laughs> of like the person that just yeah. is there <laughs> to, to bring it all together. Um, not a... I mean, it's 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 a category that's also stacked. I mean, you had Emily Blunt, Danielle Brooks, Jodie Foster, Julianne Moore, and Rosamund Pike. So like, yeah. huge there, huge win. Damn, yeah. Um, and yeah, she was she was great in the holdovers. So no complaints here. Um, deserving for sure. Definitely deserving. I have you seen Nyad yet?
0: Not yet. Yeah, I've I, it. on my list. It's gonna be. It's a weird thing that I'm like on my list. I have to watch it. It's just sitting there. There's no reason I haven't watched it yet. I know. Um, But I'm also like, I don't think anything's going to win from that. Yeah. So it's becoming my own like neurosis. Yeah. That I'm like, is it worth watching? And I'm like, yes. But I don't know. It's a whole thing in my brain. brain.
1: (laughs) I get it. I get it. I also have not watched it. Uh, I started it, but I not a reflection on the movie i just wasn't in the mood um should we do it supporting happens. for male performance yes so best performance by a male actor in a supporting role in any motion picture uh i think we knew this was always going to go to mr robert downey jr for oppenheimer yes. and it indeed did my dad texted me and said i saw oppenheimer i didn't know that was downey until about an hour in blown yeah. away and i was like yep, yep. There you go. Um it's yep. it's my favorite Robert Downey Jr. performance I think. He's un- yep. unbelievable in this movie. Um another His cr- acceptance
0: speech is really great.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um it has that uh, Downey articulation that yes. uh you know. <laughs> The man is comfortable in front of large crowds. He very much is.
1: He very much is. And another uh, category that's, he went up against Willem Dafoe, Robert De Niro, Ryan Gosling, Charles Melton, and Mark Ruffalo. I mean, come on. Yeah. Insane stuff. Massive. Insane. Um, So now let us go to, if I can find it, best performance by a female actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. Um, Yes. This went to Emma Stone for poor things, which again, I think that we were- like yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you have not seen Poor Things yet, I assume. I don't think it's on VOD. I have not
0: seen Poor Things yet. Gotcha.
1: No. Uh, she is sensational in it. She's really, really good, as only Emma Stone can be. Um, and yeah, I mean, she's a she's an Oscar darling at this point, you know. Yeah. And so it's she's an awards like race. She's yeah. So, she's and she's amazing
0: people. because she still seems and what do I know? But she still seems to be so down to earth. Yeah. And kind of like, oh God, you know what? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um,
1: I love her. I love her so much. Yeah. Um
0: But not to Margot Robbie in this, which I think is Yeah. Notable, but um well I think is merited is what I mean to say. Yeah. But I I think Margot Robbie for Bar Margot Robbie for Barbie definitely had the potential if like we were gonna get like let's talk political at the Golden Globes. For like, sure. Barbie could have swept the whole damn thing
1: hundred percent. And I think maybe that had something to do with the way that these shook out. People like, Oh, I don't think we want to go full, full Barbie on this. Um, but I also don't
0: know how may December lands in musical or comedy, but
1: it's not a comedy. It's one of the more disturbing movies of the year. Um,
0: (laughs) it makes me seem, it makes me feel like they have this split, but like, it's kind of loose. It's like the ones that we couldn't get into drama because, uh, (laughs) <laughs> we already filled it up. So,
1: right. Right. Cause like Barbie could technically be a drama. It's weird because then you have no hard feelings, which is like a Nick Stoller comedy. Yeah. Like, like a neighbor's comedy. Level comedy. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, ah, okay, here we go. Um,
0: I suppose Barbie, we could consider a musical considering we yeah. just talked about how there were two oh, true. <laughs> original songs in it.
1: No, you're, you're right about that. Um, best performance by a male actor in a motion picture, musical or comedy. Uh, Paul Giamatti for the holdovers. Yeah. Which I think that's not really a surprise here. The category is weird. Um Yeah. <laughs> they were it like, is one of comedy? those
0: that yeah. Like, you know, you look at uh supporting actress um or supporting actor really, and they are just insanely stacked categories. And this one does not feel as stacked right you know like Nicolas cage for dream scenario i i haven't seen dream scenario but i'm like i haven't heard any talk about that being necessarily like a great performance yeah um or matt damon in air was like good but i'm like is it awards worthy
1: no you know,
0: <laughs> you know? um i don't think so and the same with xiaomi as wonka and i again i haven't seen it but uh joaquin phoenix and Bo was afraid is like Seems like good performances, but this is feels like a we got to round out the category versus we're stuffing a couple down here because we can't fit them in the other
1: categories. So. A hundred percent, yes. And they're all good, all of them are good, but I mean, it's just like Paul Giamatti yeah. is the only one who might be nominated for an Oscar. So I think yeah. that you know
0: that that kind well, makes Jeffrey sense. Wright, but
1: true, uh, true, true. Oh, yeah, but I yeah, that. I think yeah.
0: Paul Giamatti kind of I think Jeffrey Wright was his only real competition in this category.
1: Yep, a hundred percent.
0: Um. And shout out for the shot of him eating In-N-Out Burger Yes. In his tuxedo yes after the, after the show.
1: <laughs> Literally with this trophy at the table. What Famous a people eat food too, you guys. It's true. They love In-N-Out. They love In-N-Out. <laughs> um, that brings us to best performance by a female actor in a motion picture drama, which is yep. Goes to Miss Lily Gladstone, which at the top, I talked about a, uh, an awards, um, speech that I really loved. This was the yep. one I thought it was just perfect. Yep. Um, made me cry. Yeah. Made me cry as well. I was at work. I was yep. like, God, come on, man. Um, but yeah, just phenomenal. Definitely deserving another insane category. But like, I don't think as soon as she comes up, it's kind of like a no brainer at this point that people are like, Oh, it's Lily. She's going to win. Yeah. Um, and yeah you know we'll see what happens with the with the oscars i guess but
0: the uh the youtube algorithm fed me the um live reaction streamed uh the osage had a viewing party of the golden globes seriously yeah
1: oh dude that's it's something else oh
0: Um,
1: i love that i love that
0: yeah so her speech was fantastic um i mean again a stacked cast but like Nothing, nothing that's close, yeah, to challenging her performance there, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that you know, and arguably the same could be said for, yeah, the best performance by a male actor in a motion picture, which went to Kelly Murphy. Um, yeah, you know, as we get closer to the Oscars and you know, as we got closer to this, like, this is the name, yeah, you know, it's like there's lose. nothing that's competing with this. And I said this earlier, like the performance of Oppenheimer and just that movie is standing on another level than the rest of these. Yeah. Then even like Barbie or killers of the flower moon. Like, yeah, it's just like, this is Oppenheimer's year. And I feel like this is the thing we're going to see at the Oscars. I think Oppenheimer is going to have a big
1: night. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right and Killian deserves it a hundred percent. Um, yep. even though he probably hated being up on stage to accept it, uh, you deserve it, man. Like it was, yeah. it was, it's, it's next level. What, what he's accomplished in that film. So. I
0: felt, I felt so bad. He, uh, his wife kissed him on the nose I know. Uh, as he got up and he <laughs> gets up and he goes, the first thing he says is, do I have lipstick yeah. on my nose? <laughs> he- uh, just let's throw him off from the get go. Oh um, God. Love, love him. it.
1: I love him. So good. Um, so that brings us to what? Where are we at now? Um, um,
0: well, that's all of our actor ones. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Best Director.
1: Yes. Where on um, earth is that in my list here? I mean, I know. Who- so uh,
0: I can, I mean, I can throw it yeah. to you if you want. Uh, we're looking at Bradley Cooper, Greta Gerwig, Yorgos Lanthimos, Christopher Nolan, Martin Scorsese, and Celine Stomp, and Celine Song Almost made it through without tripping. Uh, and it went to Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it in his acceptance speech, Downey, uh, said there's nothing like walking on a Christopher Nolan set in terms of it's like, I don't remember the exact, uh, adjective he used, but in terms of, it's just like flow and just organization and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, I think that is seen here. Um, yeah. you know, I think, like I said, Oppenheimer is just like on another level in terms of its execution.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, which Nolan movies are always on another level in terms of their execution. Right. But it's like this one has also steered itself towards like just top tier everything else too. You know what I mean? So it's like top tier performance, top tier writing, top tier music, top tier direction, top tier everything. And it's just like folding that level of creation that Christopher Nolan's capable of on top of all of this other stuff is just created this, Crazy film yeah Um,
1: Yeah his so, career like, yeah. led to this Like
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely um, Yeah and I'm so Curious what he'll do next
1: I, right I have heard nothing not one yeah. Peep about what his next project I
0: heard one thing That he was like I've started Thinking about it
1: <laughs> fantastic
0: But like that was that was the sound bite. he's like I'm thinking about my next film and I was like, like- well <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about my next film yeah. like, You know
1: <laughs> yes Yes but um, uh, and I do want to say this is loss number two for Mr. Bradley Cooper on this night. Um, not that he mm-hmm. was gonna, you know, overtake Nolan here, but you know, he was looking for something out of this night yeah. and he did not get it. Um yeah. which uh yeah, is is interesting. He's he's really going for it these days. Um <laughs> Yep. For better yep. and for worse. Maestro
0: is a swing.
1: Yeah. Um uh, yeah.
0: So I think that just leaves us with our best pictures, right? I think
1: so. Yeah.
0: Um we kind of teased, we did the uh animated feature way early. Um but uh fine. foreign language film, uh best motion picture non English language, uh goes to Anatomy of a Fall. Yep. Um, which I think is uh is pretty pretty obvious yeah a lot of people talking about that movie yeah um weird note here that past lives is in this as like from the united states right and i'm like i i suppose non-english language i mean they it, speak korean it's, in it yeah. but like a
1: lot of it's in english
0: and i feel like a lot of anatomy of a fall is in english which i haven't seen but i've seen a handful of things that i'm like yes um definitely and you know zone of interest is i don't know it's interesting um it's interesting that delineation between non-English language and foreign.
1: Yes. True.
0: You know. True. Um, but hey, it's the Golden Globes.
1: Exactly. They do what they want. Always.
0: <laughs> so uh, let's move on here to. Uh, was there a best director
1: musical or comedy?
0: Yeah. No. Best director motion picture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so best pic- bleh. Yeah. Best picture uh, musical or comedy goes to poor things. Yeah, um, yeah. Over which, Barbie, which is and over the holdovers, Barbie and the holdovers. Yeah, um, we have other noms were Air, American Fiction, and May December again. May, May December, December, not a musical or a comedy. No, no. Uh, But yeah, I could have seen this going any number of directions. This is the one that I was like, this is close. Yes. Um, but Poor Things.
1: Poor Things had the momentum at the time because like mm-hmm. it just came out and everyone's talking about it and it is phenomenal it is amazing yeah. um or to me it's amazing but like again it's like the barbie thing where it's like hmm interesting like no yeah. not it didn't really have a chance here i don't think which is weird yeah um but alas it is what it is
0: yeah so and that leaves us with the big one yep. um not that any of them are lesser but True. you know uh best motion picture drama went to Oppenheimer. Yep. Um, yep. And I think we've <laughs> pretty well illustrated why yeah. <laughs> we think that's a, a fair hit. Yes. Um, but Bradley Cooper, this is out for Maestro again, mm-hmm. killers of the flower moon, almost no love pretty except much for nothing. really Gladstone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and that's our list. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, it's the golden globes. Um, yeah. Do you, anything here that you think is like going to start, coloring uh the way things are going to go down for the oscars
1: well i think that i can say for certain like oppenheimer the oppenheimer wave is what we thought it was going to be like because it was hard to say i mean oppenheimer came out in july so it's like it's been a long time and a lot of good movies have come out since then so i was kind of like you know killers of the flower moon came out and i thought that was phenomenal and that's a marty movie and you know it is what it is in barbie and all of these things but this really kind of hammered home just how many people have so much affection for Oppenheimer and yeah. how it's kind of spanning everything, acting score, everything yep. directing. And Nolan has never really been, I mean, he's been nominated, but he has not been really, he's definitely not been really awarded for any of his films at yeah. the Oscars. And this, he feels in, like in that. his
0: acceptance speech for, uh, best director he said the only other time I've been up on this stage is to accept one posthumously for Heath Heath Ledger Ledger. yeah um which is crazy that you know I mean such a definitive (laughs) filmmaker of our time and like I don't think he's ever gotten an Oscar either like it's he's doesn't make that kind of movie right um you know it's like he's been climbing this other ladder um and is just like tip that ladder into the, the main yeah. ladder. And it's like, now I'm at the top here.
1: Right. <laughs> he did it. He merged um, the things that yeah. make him great and it just works. It just works. So that's kind of the only thing. I mean, everything else is kind of like, it's hard to say cause they've split the categories, but um, yeah. Yeah. I think Lily Gladstone is basically a sure thing now for yeah. um best performance. But other than that. Yeah. What about you?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I think, you know, it's safe to say that Oppenheimer is going to be a powerhouse at the Oscars. Yeah. Um, I think Barbie might underperform, yeah. Um, compared to what we think, yeah. um, although I like I say that and I think back and I'm like, I don't entirely know what I thought Barbie was gonna like crush it on. Sure, original screenplay, I think it's got a, a chance. Um, but there's a lot of other stuff that could slide in there that's, uh, you know, as strong.
1: So. Well, and that's the thing. This year, or this year being 2023, was just in a, an outstanding year for movies yeah. um, from a lot of the greats. So it's like, you know, it's it's good that we have to choose between a lot of really good movies versus like, what? what a green Book? Like, what is going on here? You know, there's some <laughs> yeah. things that have happened in the past. But yeah, so the nominations for the Oscars are coming either next week or the week after. So we'll obviously talk about those with you guys. Uh, And yeah, that's the... That's the Golden Globes for 2024. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so now brings us to our sort of tuned in for this week. Yes. So we are not doing a tuned in this week on Sunday because everything's thrown off this week. We're coming back from a break. We have too much to talk about. And so we figured why not just have the second half of this episode, just be tuned in where we talk about the stuff that we've watched, yes. not all of it, but some of it. So that's what we're about to do right now. Um, it has been a long
0: time <laughs> since, uh, we kind of talked about the movies. Yeah. Um, I think one of the last ones I talked about was Paddington, yes. um, which was like in the middle of December. So it's been, <laughs> you know, about it's been a month. like,
1: yeah, about a month. Uh, and as you know, we watch a lot of movies and TV, so there's a lot to cover here. Um, I'm going to go first because I have so much to cover and yeah. I am going to organize my thoughts from least liked to most liked because that's Ooh. kind of where I'm going with this and I'm going to start with a movie I saw in theaters last week on opening night in the Dolby Theater the first movie I saw in 2024 and that is uh Night Swim. This mm. is a the first technically the first movie From the Blumhouse Atomic Monster, a.k.a. Jason Blum, James Wan's merger. This is the first movie that they're putting out after their two production companies turned into one, which I think is just a genius move. This
0: is also currently the top movie of the year.
1: It is the top movie of the year. Uh, I did not care for this movie almost entirely. And the thing that's crazy is it stars Carrie Condon and Wyatt Russell. Uh, <laughs> Carrie Condon, who just coming off of her banshees, of to share an Oscar yep. nomination and Wyatt Russell maybe my favorite Nepo baby of all time. Um,
0: <laughs> who is great in Monarch by
1: the way, who is, yeah. And he's great in everything. He's really, he's just awesome. Um, I don't know. I'm going to spoil night swim. So if you want to watch it, don't listen anymore. But this movie is about haunted water and I know you don't care. <laughs> so I'm going to spoil it for you. Yeah. Um, Wyatt Russell plays a baseball player who is suffering from MS and they need to move to go to a more MS-friendly house. They find this home with a pool. The pool seems to have healing qualities, but turns out it's not really healing qualities. Um, And then begins like the most generic horror film I've seen in a very long time, with one exception being the cinematography is really, really good. Mm. They do some things that are interesting, clever, the scares are unique, I would say, but it's just like a can we not get better? can, can we just not yeah. get better here? Can is this really all we have to offer? I get it and I have nothing against them giving four million dollars to someone to make their dream project. That's great. but like, come on, man. like I, yeah it's just a bummer because like you have two amazing actors in a movie that to me, Is just as derivative as you could possibly get. And uh, by the end, I'm like, man, this thing just exploded in the middle. Like, there's nothing here for me Mm. to grab onto. Um, It became so unwieldy and ridiculous that I was like, I need more from this. And I think maybe A24 is where I'm going to go for my horror from now on because, like, Blumhouse has been, you know, Five Nights at Freddy's and a lot of stuff that I just didn't care for. So, Night Swim. Not great. And it
0: seems Night Swim may have been a part of an anthology
1: before. It's possible. I'm like just short... looking
0: through. I So I I brought up uh, Bryce McGuire's IMDb. Yeah. Um, and it has Night Swim, which it seems is his first yeah. feature. Um, yeah. But it also has Witchcraft Motion Picture Company Presents Horror Anthology mm. Volume 1, um, which has a segment called night swim um so it seems to me like it may be one of those things that worked in a short form but you know when you try and stretch it out to an hour it's a
1: uh it's it it gets dicey and uh things fall all over the place um there's some interesting things about it and shout out to julia my friend who i don't think is listening to this but her uh boyfriend did the lighting for this not the gaffing but like the 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 programmable lighting which was cool they did some interesting stuff with that but ah yeah Yeah. didn't love it didn't love night swim so you know it is what it is it was free for me so who cares all right right.
0: (laughs) see you've thrown me for a loop now with the uh starting with the ones you didn't like the most.
1: You um, don't have to do that.
0: No, I know. But like I was debating what I wanted to start with now. And now there's a whole nother level into it. Oh, but God. um, I'm going to go ahead and throw back a little while um, mm. just because I feel like my response to this might not be as uh, thought out just because it's been a long time, but I watched uh, chicken run dawn of the nugget.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, which, I love chicken run. I haven't watched chicken run in a very long time, but this movie, the sequel is rather lovely. Hmm. It's not anything wildly groundbreaking. Um, you know, the, the story is nothing beyond really what you expect. It's like all of the chickens from the first one have, um, escaped from the chicken farm, um, and have found refuge on an Island, uh, sure. And they have a daughter who dreams of the world beyond the island, uh, ah. and escapes, and is quickly picked up and brought to a uh, a really kind of twisted chicken farm. Oh God! Uh, where there's like a whole thing. I don't. I don't want to give it away too much, but like <laughs> fear of death makes chicken taste worse.
1: Oh Lord! Um, so
0: there's this weird like hypnosis thing going on that's oh. like. If it wasn't a... Ch- if this was, like, a human thing, would be really fucking dark. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it turns into, like, a pretty fun, like, adventure movie. You know, mom and dad have to go rescue the kid. Yeah. Um, and it's there's a coming-of-age element of the kid being, like, able to exist out in the world on her own and not just protected on the island where her parents are, like, it's safe, it's safe, it's safe. Yeah. And, like, it's lovely, you know. Um, Like... Th- these types of movies aren't bad. Right. You know what I mean? Um, reliable. I'd say they're pretty reliable. reliable. Yeah. Um, I did have a little bit of worry because it's like, it is chicken run and it's been a long time since chicken run, but yeah, it like lovely. It did. I will say it didn't have the same kind of how will I phrase this. It didn't rely on bits from the first one nice. to tell its story. There were a couple little things here and there. Um, those who might remember one of the chickens like knitted all the time. Yeah. Um, and there are like little references to that every now and then. Um, I mean, she's there, but like, sure. It doesn't rely on it. It's not like a remember this, which is one of the complaints I had about good burger too, but right. Um, overall uh, chicken run down to the nugget. Um, three and a half stars worth like really easy watch. Really fun. Like just pop it on Netflix. It's worth it. Yeah.
1: Damn. I got to check it out. I, I love Chicken Run. I love the Ardman films to begin with, in general. Um Aardman, I yes, was—that was
0: the name I was blanking on in my head.
1: Oh, for the studio, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm always like wary about this because I'm like, is this necessary, and is this going to affect my feelings about Chicken Run? Because I don't want that also to happen. Also, my concern, yeah, yeah. And it seems like that's not the case, so that's great. Yeah,
0: I, I think I'm right around where most people are thinking on it. So
1: yeah, damn. Okay, well, Chicken Run, Donald the Nugget. I gotta fire it up at some point. Um, add it to my 2023, uh, list.
0: Also, uh, Bella Ramsey plays the daughter. Um, so love her. Oh,
1: let's go. Let's go. It's, a, a, know it's that. an
0: insanely stacked cast. I mean, it's Sandy Newton. It's like, yeah. Um, but Bella Ramsey, everything for her. I want, I want
1: everything, it all. everything and more. I love it. Well, I will add that to my watch list. Um, something you should not add to your watch list is, uh, <laughs> Oh, God. Rebel Moon Part One. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah,
0: I watched I already, it. I already forgot about that movie. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, I watched it. Did you watch it? You didn't watch it.
0: I didn't watch it, no. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, you should not watch it. Um, <laughs> And this is coming from someone who is, like, for all intents and purposes, is a Zack Snyder apologist for better and definitely for worse. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, he he imprinted on me at a young age with Watchmen, and I have not been able to shake him since, which is why yeah. I rated this probably higher than I even should have, because it's not a two and a half star movie. Um ooh, boy. This movie is Zack Snyder's Star Wars, and that's literally what it is. It is about a woman played by Sophia Butella, who I actually love. She's in Kingsman, she's a really fantastic actor mm-hmm. who has taken refuge on a moon. And then, uh, the empire,
0: a rebel moon.
1: Yes, it is a rebel (laughs) moon and the empire finds her and then she has to lead a a rebellion against the empire. Um, so it's star Wars, but also Harry Potter, but also the matrix, but also all of these things. And that's where my issues really start. It's because this movie and God bless my mom, who's probably listening to this for watching half of it with me. Um, (laughs) Cause she was like, "Wow, this is just Star Wars, isn't it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it really, really is, um, but not as fun and not mm. as interesting and not as intuitive or as innovative. Like, there's nothing here that you haven't seen before." Yeah. And the bummer of it is, is some of my favorite character actors, like uh, Jimin Hansu and Charlie Hunnam and Michael Wiesman, like all these guys came to play, and it's just in a movie that I just really didn't like at all it's just like it looks bad which is weird for snyder um Mm. it feels hacked to bits which i'm like bro it's netflix you don't have to do a director's cut just put out a three hour cut of this and call it a day you know i do feel like he's he's trying to
0: like play a game at some in some capacity of like yeah, I'll make a movie and I'll do this cut that's not as good and then I can do a director's cut and get everybody to talk about me more. Like, Because there is a director's yeah. cut of Rebel Moon Part One coming. It's already been announced. Like, And I'm like, who, who is telling you you can't do what cut you want?
1: Well, that's the thing. I'm like, they gave Marty $250 million to the Irishman.
0: To make a three and a half hour long Irishman movie
1: like you didn't have those restrictions that warner brothers had on you and so this is just a mess dude it's a mess and of course i'll watch the second part because i just have to see how bad it is um this is to the point where i was almost on my phone which i never do during movies but i was like "That's," and i looked down at one point looked back up and i was like what happened like have we have i missed 40 minutes like where are Mm. we now and yeah, it's just it's just messy, it's a slog, it's boring, it's dumb. It's like all the things that I just I can't stand about these kinds of films that are supposed to be fun space adventures. It's just Snyder like he's not going to listen to this, but I'm like you just your writing is just not good, man. It's yeah. just bad. Um and so Rebel Moon Part 1 is a dud for me.
0: Just I mean We've said it a thousand <laughs> times about him before that like the, the dude can't do his own IP. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he needs that other text to ground him.
1: Yeah. You know?
0: Which like I I feel like yeah, it, it it could have been one of those like, oh, if this was a Star Wars movie, it would be this, but I can do whatever I want, so I'm going to make it like this. Ha ha. Right. And then yeah. And then it falls um, flat. So- I also hear we're getting a director's cut of uh <sighs> sucker punch which no one is asking for, but
1: you know what? Honestly, do whatever you want, man. Like I, keep doing you. People I mean, keep yeah. giving you money. Like whatever. Who am I? But Jesus, like <laughs> this was such a slog. The people that I know who started it didn't finish it. I'm the only one I know who finished it. So that I feel like, something.
0: I feel like he's become almost Michael Bay esque. Yeah. And but Bay like, is I, way better. But like, here's the, thing, is like in the, like, there was a long time, especially with the later Transformers movies where Michael Bay, I was like, This is hard to defend by man. This is but I love Michael Bay because I love The Rock. I love Armageddon, you know, Armageddon, I love like the, the original first Transformers. Transformers. All yeah, of the, like I love me and Michael Bay. I love Bad Boys too. Like Yeah. But like after a while you're just like, Okay, man. Like, okay.
1: <laughs> Come on. I know there's a good filmmaker in there. I just yeah. where did um, it go? So So yeah, Rebel Moon All right. Two thumbs down.
0: <laughs> I might find my way to that one at one point.
1: I mean, I'd like to know what you think.
0: Yeah. You know, because it's like it's weird because I don't like Zack Snyder, but I've seen everything he's done. I know. You know, I watched the four hour Justice League. Good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: for this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will. Um, I will parry off of your this movie so bad with one that I recently watched. Uh, that I was, eh, about about, um, hmm. and I think you've seen, but on a plane this past week, I watched Gran Turismo. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: Neil Blomkamp. Neil God Blomkamp, which
0: I didn't remember until the credit show at the end. I was like, oh.
1: Oh, yeah, he did District 9. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, the best thing I can say about this movie, you've seen this, right?
1: I have. It's on a theater. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this movie is so close on a lot of things, but not there at all. Like, the acting in this is fine, but, like, limited by what the actors are able to do. Yeah. You know, um, David Harbour is, like, really going for something in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the script brings him in a direction that like is inconsistent. Yeah. You know, where he's like, he's supposed to be this one thing. And then like two pages later, he's, he's here. Um, and that was almost like a Freudian slip because my big thing is the script in this movie is trying to do way too much. Yeah. So this movie, Gran Turismo, it's based on the video game. It's, gamers that get to actually race cars. They go to a camp and the one that wins the camp goes to like, gets to actually race in professional circuits and like this whole thing. And it just keeps moving the goalpost.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: You know, it's like the whole thing is to get into this camp and then he gets into the camp and you're like, sweet. And then the whole thing is to win this camp. And spoilers, I guess, but like he wins the camp. Yes. And then the whole thing is to like get, get his fourth license. Place. Yeah. To yeah. get four play. And then he does that. And it's like, sweet. And then in the whole, like it just keeps moving the goalpost down. I would have watched two hours of this movie in just like the racing camp.
1: Yeah, man.
0: Because like the payoff of him winning that feels so fake and so like just moving the story along. And I'm like, no, like that's the story. Mm -hmm. That's the thing is like his win is you get to be a professional racer. Now, you know what I mean? That's give me two hours of that. That's all I want. Then you get consistency with David Harbor because David Harbor is like the coach at this camp. And then he wins and he becomes his actual coach. So he goes from being this, like you're a fucking gamer. Fuck you. Like you can't fucking race a real car. Right. To be like, oh, you won, so I guess you can. Re-. So now I'm like a mentor who's going like to be yeah. your best friend for like moving <laughs> forward. And it's just like, it's so close on so many things. It was just trying to do way too much. And I feel like Neil Baumkamp, I'm like, just he tell your small story, man.
1: Yeah, that's what you're good like, at. Like, he doesn't
0: have to be champion of the world. And I guess it's based on a true story. So, like, he doesn't, you know, there's a level to which it... it has to carry this whole thing. But I was just like, when he won that camp, I was like, wait, there's more to this movie. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Good movie for a plane ride.
1: Sure. Entertaining. You know,
0: I was like entertaining. I didn't have to like get emotionally invested in something, you know, um, wait.
1: Orlando bloom. Orlando bloom. <laughs> as like the marketing I, guy.
0: I don't know why he was in this movie. He, he he kicks the whole thing off and then his character is just there yeah. for the next 2 hours. <laughs> and he's like uh, yeah, it's weird. Same yeah. kind of thing. He goes from like a, you know, um
1: like slimy, super like
0: super slimy negative thing to like
1: I'm part of the team and we're going to figure out how to save the world. Like wait, when did that happen? And the other thing about this movie is, like, I think that in the beginning, the first couple actual racing sequences, I was like, I'm in on this. Like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. And then they do it for 90 minutes. And you're like, I'm done. When they started yeah. the final race, I was like, oh, again, dude, like another, yeah. like, 40 laps around this track. Like, I don't care anymore at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say it did make me want to start watching racing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I when I was growing up. um. I feel like this is, I don't know why I'm like hesitant to say this, but like growing up, I watched a lot of NASCAR. Sure. And it was like Sundays, so it's like you turn on the NASCAR race and like just you tune in every now and then, but it was just like on for four hours. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I remember that. I remember like tuning in and be like, oh shit, oh, pass him, pass him, pass him, pass him. Yeah. So um, it, it, it tickled that itch for me, but that is about
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so, this is going to break Neil Blomkamp out of director jail, unfortunately.
0: No. I don't know what he, could do I don't like I don't know where I don't know where he can go I'm like yeah he's talented I just don't know like like the stuff he wants to do isn't paying off and then the stuff that the studios are giving to him isn't paying off and I'm like I don't know
1: it's a bummer yeah it's a bummer he was he was a heavy hitter in the in the early 2010s so yeah um yeah yeah Gran Turismo, eh, meh. I think I overrated it, and it's probably because I saw it in a theater. Yeah. <laughs> um, another movie I probably overrated because I saw it in a theater was *Self Reliance*. This is Jake Johnson's uh, directorial mm. debut, which played oh, for I didn't one even know night.
0: Going to be in theaters, yeah.
1: It played for one night. My friend Erin, shout out. Uh, she's like, "Do you want to go to South Bay tonight to see this movie? It's one night only." I'm like, uh, "I mean, I don't want to go to South Bay, but sure, let, let's do it." Um. <laughs> And this is a comedy that he wrote and directed starring himself as essentially Nick Miller because that's mm-hmm. what he, he does. Um, that's how Not do. that he's not talented, but you know. Um, and it's about this guy who is down on his luck and is approached to essentially be a part of this game show where he must survive for 30 days without dying. And the catch yeah. is he is being hunted the entire time. And the other catch is, if he is with someone within arm's length, he cannot be hurt. So it's kind of a movie where he's trying to find a partner in crime, Mm -hmm. but also dig himself out of the situation he's in, but also find his independence. And I felt like it didn't really hit any of those marks, which is Mm. a bummer. Um, And I'll be honest, after the first 10 minutes of this movie, I was like, oh, we've made a grave error here. This is not funny, and this is also... I don't really understand what's going on. Andy Samberg is here as himself, and I'm just not sure what's happening. Um, It gets funnier as it goes on, but it's just a really unfocused movie where I'm Mm -hmm. like, by the end, I'm like, what was the point? You didn't become self-reliant, so what was the (laughs) point of this movie? Like, I don't really understand, Um Anna Kendrick is in this too. I would say she's the Mm -hmm. second lead, but she's not in it as much as some other people are in the movie. So I'm like, I don't really, that was another thing that kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, what, I don't really understand. It's just a movie. It's, it's a direct, it's, you know, it's a first feature. And I'm like, it was just so unfocused. So was past lives. It's yeah.
0: Sorry. That was unfair.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You're right about that. Um, but it just didn't land for me. I thought it was mm-hmm. funny. I enjoyed myself. I it wasn't like I regretted going, but I by the end I'm like, "Huh. I don't know that you really have it yet. I think you can get there as a filmmaker, but I don't think that yeah. they're I don't think all the pieces are connecting here. Um he's great in it Anna Kendrick is great in it. Um it just it felt like a movie without a real focus, I guess is what it Did you ever see
0: to. um Guns Akimbo? Kimbo?
1: Uh, no, that's the Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe,
0: Radcliffe, uh, that like when I watched the trailer for, for self-reliance, I was like, this feels like a guns akimbo, like, ah, equivalence. Cause it's the same kind of thing. He's like brought into this like dark web game show kind of thing where he has to survive for like, you know, right. A set period of time. Um, but that's this point. I was, I was excited for that. Isn't that like a Hulu kind of movie?
1: I think it is going to go to Hulu eventually. Um, And it's not not worth watching. That's the thing. It's like, I didn't hate it. I was just kind of like, huh, what the hell is going on here? Um, Mm. It looks pretty good, too, which is I was like, oh, wow, the cinematography. I'm like, it's doing some work here that the script isn't really doing. Um, But yeah, self-reliance, you know, it's not bad, but it's not great either. So nice.
0: Nice. Um, Well, I guess in I keep wanting to say like in a similar vein, but we don't We're kind have of to bopping be all over here. the place here. Um, I watched um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. You did? Oh, I did. Oh, um, you've seen this? Yes.
1: I have not. No.
0: Ah, all right. So I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. Yeah. And this movie is not the best Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> yeah. um, it is not the worst Indiana Jones movie. Um, hmm. So this is. Um,
1: James Mangold, right?
0: James Mangold's uh film. And you can feel it. Mm. Um but this is a decent entry into the Indiana Jones canon. Okay. There are parts that are really tough. Um and there are parts that don't hit. Yeah. There's a thing at the end that like a lot of the um a lot of the finale is kind of like pushing towards you um mm. that haven't been properly built up. And I'm like oh. trying to parse my words so as not to spoil anything because I think it is worth watching. Oh, okay. Um I think it's about half an hour too long. Um mm. the big thing is the first like twenty minutes, he's de-aged. It takes place in like 1967 or so well no that's too late I don't know whenever the end of the Nazis were yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah like 45 yeah, 60s. <laughs> Um and it stays there far too long because mm. he's dh and it's not bad but it's it is better, actually
1: Harrison Ford
0: it is actually well I don't know and here's what I'll say because it's not bad but it's not great mm-hmm. it's a step up from the Irishman oh Because it's not a seventy-year-old man acting like he's, you know, thirty. Yeah, but he still moved like. Because that was the thing with De Niro in in The Irishman. It was like he can't do. Yeah, he's still running or like he's seventy. Right. Um, So I think it may have been a body double, but it's like it's not good. It's not bad. It's a step forward in this tech for sure. And there are shots where it's perfect and there are shots where it's like, that is just like a CG head kind of going doop, 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 doop. Yeah. Um, and it does this whole thing. Um, and it's weird because Mads Mickelson is in these scenes too. And he's also de-aged, but like, really? it's not nearly as well. Yeah. Cause he's plays
1: oh. a character
0: later on in the okay. film. Um, but it's not nearly as noticeable. It's weird. Um, so i was having a really hard time and at the beginning i was like oh no like this is gonna be a slog because it is like 155 minutes long like this is gonna be a slog but then like i don't know when but it kind of just faded away Hmm. and it became like the adventure film that these films are you know it became this like oh what's going on here oh no here's a like a piece of the puzzle and we're going to go over here and like, there's a mystery going on here that we're trying to solve. And also there's Nazis chasing us and all that. Like, and I was like into it. And I think that's a testament to James Mangold because yeah, it got past the crazy set pieces and it takes a lot to get past the crazy set pieces. Yeah. Like it feels like the first, like two fifths of the movie. I don't want to say like half, yeah, but like the first like you know two fifths of the movie (laughs) is directed by somebody else, and then they got tired and they're like, all right, James Bangle, go go have fun, yeah, yeah. um, and it doesn't quite pay off. Like there's a there's a line where Indiana Jones goes, I have seen some stuff in my life, and I'm like, the fuck you have, man. (laughs) Like you know this is a guy that drank from the holy grail and like you know saw the ark of the covenant and met aliens and all this dim whatever the fuck happened in temple of doom right yeah
1: whatever that was and yeah
0: (laughs) it made me happy that i watched it it made me it it brought me back to the character that's what i'll say um yeah because it made me immediately go watch uh indiana jones and the temple and the last crusade right right Um, so i would be really interested to see what you thought of it um it's on disney plus um it's also rentable but gotcha um it does do that little bit of like hey remember this from the other ones like my boy yeah. John Rice Davies is in it for like five minutes to sure. show that he was in it but yeah um, it's fucking wild man I'd be really interested to see what you thought of it
1: yeah I'm I it's it's one of those movies that literally just it came out. Nobody said a word about it. Yeah. And that was it. And I was like, okay, I guess I don't really need to check this out. I was intrigued because I love James Mangold. Obviously, Indiana Jones, like, you know, what can we say about that? But uh, so I was like, uh, who knows? But I'm also very wary about these properties because I'm like, why?
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, why it, is it, There this is definitely out? a why to this. Yeah. Um, it would be a very different movie if it wasn't an Indiana Jones property.
1: Yeah. And that's what I wonder, too. I'm like, if James Mangold had just made, like, an adventure movie, like, Mm -hmm. would that have been more successful? Like, who knows? Who knows?
0: Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, also in it. Also great. Oh, Um, love it. Yeah.
1: Well, I will watch it now, because you're the only person I know who saw it. So I'm like, (laughs) I have some authority that it's at least watchable. Yeah. well, going back to your question of why, uh, I saw Saltburn. I watched it on Prime. Um, Ooh,
0: yes. You hinted at this earlier in the episode. I did. We don't have to pretend like it was No, like earlier. Like it's this, yeah.
1: this big thing. Uh, yeah, Saltburn. This is Emerald Fennell's uh, new film, director of Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. This movie stars Barry Keoghan and Jacob Elordi um, and is about Oliver, who is this young man entering Oxford, kind of an outcast, kind of a weirdo. Who strikes up a friendship with Felix, played by Jacob Elordi, who is this tall, handsome, charismatic, incredibly kind, wealthy gentleman? Who he then invites back to Saltburn, which is where his mansion is, with his family and all of this eclecticness. And the movie is not bad, but it is a movie that is so void of a point, in my opinion. That it makes it kind of a struggle to like understand why I watched it because Mm -hmm. there are things that I love about this movie. I think the cinematography is fantastic, I think the performances are good. There are certain sequences with you know uh, needle drops that are corny and cheesy, but for me, it like brought me back to a time when I was you know 16 Mm -hmm. and it was like it just made me feel good the movie tries to be this psycho sexual drama between these Mm -hmm. two people that just doesn't make any sense. In my opinion, (laughs) it like doesn't land the plane so hard in the end that you're kind of like, so what am I to learn? Not that every movie has to have a, A message or a theme but it has to have a reason for the filmmaker to have made it and i'm just like i'd love to ask emerald like why did you make this movie because i'm grasping at straw i have no idea i have no idea and by the end you're kind of like there are a lot of things that are only there for shock including the ending that you're like is the only reason you wanted to make this movie to have people meme it to death because it's hmm. doing it it's happening right now i mean amazon hmm. primes twitter page literally tweeted memes about this i'm like is this why this was made <laughs> yeah. um it's just a confounding movie i'm just kind of like i don't understand and i'm hmm. i would love to hear what you think about it it's yeah. it's crazy <laughs>
0: It's one of those ones I feel like I am gonna still have to watch because a it's like readily available to me now, and b yeah. like I think it'll be in the conversation. Yeah. Um, whether or not it does, anything is debatable, but interesting. I wonder if it's just like Emerald did so well with promising young woman and like all the Oscar noms and all that kind of stuff that they just kind of went, do Here. whatever you want. Yeah. And and she this did is what we got. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's not the worst movie I've seen this year. It's not even a bad movie per se. It's just very strange. I don't know what to make of it. Hmm. It's very weird. Um, I'm not I'm not pissed off that I watched it. I know that. So, Saltburn. Uh, Rosman Pike is hilarious in this movie. <laughs> nice, <laughs> hilarious. Nice. Um, so yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: I will duck over uh, to keep it in the same ballpark. And uh, I watched Maestro.
1: Yeah, you did.
0: Um, I have been highly anticipating this movie, um, for a very long time. Um, I mean, I love Leonard Bernstein, um, and you know, a lot of the musicals he wrote and I love Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Um, and (laughs) I long pause. (laughs) It's because I don't know where I am on this movie. Yeah. Yeah there are parts of this movie that are great. There are the way I'll put it is this, uh, this is an actor directing a movie. Yeah. Um, in that. I, so I was thinking about this and I was thinking about this versus a star is born.
1: Mm.
0: Um, and a star is born as a movie. It's a movie that's been made three or four times. Um, whereas this is very much just, I think Bradley Cooper going full Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Um, And what this movie is, is a collection, almost an anthology of really fucking good scenes. Yeah. Between really fucking talented actors and like really well-constructed scenes that just doesn't feel like it has the through line that it needs Mm. to... Deliver the top-tier movie that's in here somewhere. Yeah. You know, because I mean it is Bradley Cooper who say what you want about Bradley Cooper. The dude's a fucking fantastic actor. He's incredible. Um, and Carrie Mulligan carries <sighs> this fucking movie on her back like nothing I've ever seen. She is so um, good. But it is just like we're gonna have this giant scene of these two arguing. You know, in front, the one that springs to mind is, you've seen this, right? Yeah. Son, yeah. yeah. This, the one that springs to mind is during Thanksgiving when the parade's going by in the background. Snoopy. Um, And it's just a locked off shot of a bedroom. A wide. A wide of this full bedroom with these two actors just going full force. And it's dynamic and it's engaging and it's just the performance that's doing all of it. Yeah. And then we leave. Mm-hmm. And then we go on the next scene, um, and it's crazy, and it's incredible, um, but it has very little to do with what previously happened, Mm -hmm. Um, and you're just sort of, it's like it's trying to collect everything in a bucket, and then saying, this bucket is your movie. Yeah. You know? Which kind of works, and I, there are other movies where this is like, worked fantastic, where you get to the end, and you're like, I mean, Killers of the Flower Moon was kind of like this, wherein, like- Mm there's a lot going on and then you get to the end and it's like all of those things from before all play into this ending. Right. But this was just kind of a strung together list of Leonard Bernstein's life of like really powerful stuff that just didn't feel like a big cohesive film. Right. Which that's the thing is I kind of, what I'm describing, I blame on the directing of it. Totally. Which is, like, you know, not a knock on Bradley Cooper, but, like, to take all of the pomp out of it. Like, yeah. it's a really strong sophomore effort. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't think it's, like, the best movie of the year, you know? No. But, like, I was hoping for more, but I'm, like, not disappointed, but, like, I'm, like, keep going, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, keep keep doing you've this. You've got something there, but you've got to... You have the acting stuff and the directing actor stuff down perfect, but that larger understanding of how it all fits together needs to grow.
1: Yes. Constructing a narrative that literally is a cohesive film, especially one that's a biopic. It's like there's there's got to be something that holds it all together we're and this is Terry Mulligan, great, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. And I think you said this, but this does do a great job of not feeling like a biopic where they're trying to squeeze everything in. Yeah. Feeling like here's the actual drama back and forth between over the course of this relationship. Yeah. Um as opposed to over the course of his life. But right um yeah. Yeah. God, the two of those the two of them can act fucking like crazy. Yeah. Um and I mean, and like the, yeah, all of the, the side characters, you know, Maya Hawk, Matt Boomer, yeah. um, Maya Hawk, is Sarah Silverman. Yeah. You know, like great side stuff. Like the, the dude knows how to direct actors.
1: Totally. I mean, I keep thinking about the sequence. There's a couple, but the sequence in the later half of the movie where they're at a party and she's kind of already done spoilers for Maestro. She's kind of done with his shenanigans at this point, and like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously he's closeted and whatever, and him going out to you know, kind of like kiss that guy and then come mm-hmm. back in. And like that whole thing, I'm like, I'm in, I'm locked in here. Yeah. And then it transitions and you're like, I'm I'm not like you, you have momentum here. Like let's yeah. let's play this out versus then going cut to another sequence that is also really kinetic, but has no, none of the same feeling. <sighs> As and the there's times
0: before. where he cuts and we just do a, like, here's, it's been five years. It's right. been 10 years, you know? Yeah. And we're just like, yeah, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Here we um, go. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. So really good. Just keep going Bradley Cooper is all I can say.
1: Keep doing it. You're not yeah. bad. It's just, this is, it's tough. It's a tough one. It's a big swing. Um, I, I'm going to knock one off my list and go to Ferrari which is another big swing. Ah. This is a movie I saw in a theater with my mom and my sister. Thank thank God they both saw it with me cuz I was like I just I know you guys probably won't enjoy this as much as I will, but I, we're going to see a Michael Mann film on Christmas Eve. So. Heck yeah. Um Yeah, this is a new Michael Mann film. I'd never seen a Michael Mann movie in a theater. Um this is Adam oh. Driver as Enzo Ferrari. This is uh this is Penélope Cruz as his wife. This is another biopic that um it only spans a couple months of his life, which is like we're, we're in the era of like biopics that are a little bit unorthodox, which I love. I'm like, yeah. I'm not usually a biopic person. All the ones that came out this year, Priscilla Oppenheimer, I'm like, I'm in. Like, let's do this. These are great. Sure. And this movie is really, really good. We've now crossed into the I like these movies. This is almost as Michael Mann as it gets without the gunfire, you know, without the, <laughs> the criminal aspect of everything. Yeah. But it still feels like that because it's about this guy who is struggling to figure out why he's not where he should be. And Mm. I think that also is, you know, Heat is there as well and Collateral Mm -hmm. and whatever. But this movie is just like a perfect little time capsule of this one period in this guy's insanely prolific life that leads to this moment that is so jarring that everyone in the theater was like oh holy shit um and it just works really really well it's not like a perfect movie and when i left the theater i was like hmm how much did i really like that but as time went on it's it's become not one of my favorite favorites of the year, but it's in my top f- like thirty for sure. It's it's up there. Um, okay. Adam Driver is really good. I loved hearing him on smart list talk about why he's playing Italians. He's like, I don't think about it. I'm like working with Michael Mann and I'm working with Ridley Scott. That's what I think <laughs> yeah. about. Not Italians, you know. I don't really care. Um and this is maybe I mean, Penelope Cruz was amazing in Parallel Mothers. This is, you know, since then this is her best performance. She is mm. so good in this film. Shailene Woodley as his other wife is not quite casted correctly I don't think she really doesn't she's not Italian and she doesn't even try so it's like kind of weird yeah. um but it's it's good I mean Michael Mann is a kinetic filmmaker who yeah. when he's in his bag like the racing sequences the sequences in boardrooms the sequences where Adam Driver is just like just talking to reporters or talking to his wife like it's just he has such a command over the medium of film Mm -hmm. that it just, it translates so well to something like this. And I can tell that he put so much of his life into this film and time into this film. And I think it paid off. It's not like, you know, in my top four Michael Mann movies, but it's not in the bottom four, you know, it is, it is, it is a solid film that I thought worked really, really well. And I think people are rubbing up against for one reason or another, but I'm like, come Mm. on, man. Like, like, this is great. Like, this is a yeah. good movie. Like, let's just accept it, you know? Um, So, Ferrari, I would definitely see it in a theater if you can. If not, check it out on VOD when it comes out. But, uh, yeah. Nice. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. I do want to see that one. Yeah.
0: I mean, why yeah. not, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Michael Mann. I've seen every Michael Mann movie. Like, And yeah. they are, you know, there are the top tier ones and there are the weaker entries, you know? Yeah. um, But there aren't any that I would say are
1: bad. No. No.
0: You know, um, there's something to grab onto in all of them. Yeah. Um cool. Uh how many you got left here? Two. Two. All right. Um <laughs> Maestro was like my big one that I've watched. Oh, so I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna dig into some some back catalog stuff here. Okay. <laughs> um I watched a movie that I have never seen before, uh, which I guess is kind of what these are. Um, but has always kind of been on my list. I've had a digital copy of it on my hmm. laptop for the longest time. And I've always been like one day when I'm like traveling or something, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just like want to watch a movie and I'm going to put this on. And that's exactly how this shit went down. Uh, but last Saturday morning at 7am I watched Hackers <laughs> 7 a.m. Watch Hackers. 7 a.m. Watch Hackers. uh, Johnny Lee Miller, Angelina Jolie, Jesse Bradford, and Matthew Lillard. Um, This movie is absolutely ridiculous, and I love every (laughs) inch of it. Um, It's amazing to see what 1995 thought the internet was going to be like. Cause it's like, it's all hacking on dial up and all this kind of stuff. And like, yeah, you can get free long distance calls. If you record like the tone that a payphone makes after you put $5 (laughs) in, like all this old school like stuff, they all have custom screens that like do all this weird animation when they're hacking. Um, yeah, it is a pretty generic, um, story in that. Like it's, uh, you know, it's very anti the man for lack sure. of a better term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just a bunch of hackers who come across this like plot on a, uh, from, you know, it, it all really comes down to capitalism bad. Um, sure.
1: Yeah.
0: And it just follows these hackers as they like try and escape the cops and escape getting framed for a hack they didn't commit. Sure. Um, and it's absurd nineties, just like, action comedy um fucking what's his name um fisher stevens is the bad guy um he's a oh hacker he's a hacker called uh what does he call himself um the plague sure um and it's just like it's absurd and it's just like i it, like i don't it's not nostalgic for me cuz like i was right. like 8 when this movie came out but like There's something here, man, that's just made me go, this is great. This is fun.
1: Yeah.
0: There's nothing glaring that I'm like, this is like cringy or bad or like, like it's aged well for like being an absurdist, like, yeah, internet hacking movie. Um, (laughs) But like, it's baby Angelina Jolie. It's like. It's so weird. Mark Anthony's in it for a hot second. Penn Jillette's in it for a hot second. Like oh my casting like on crack. It's wild. Yeah. Um. So that's my review of 1995
1: Hackers. That's I've never seen Hackers. So that's it's, it's I should watch if it. You
0: are like it's a great movie for like I've had a couple beers and I'm going to put yeah. on a 90 minute movie.
1: It's hackers. you know what
0: I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, Um. streaming on Max right now. Um, oh, perfect! Although I watched it on my digital copy, but sure. Um, what a movie!
1: Angelina um, Jolie, Matthew Lillard, I'm in.
0: Angelina Jolie, like pre anything really. Angelina Jolie, this was pre Girl Interrupted. This is pre yeah. like Tomb Raider, pre Bone Collector, pre Whoa. Gaia. Pre, This is like one of her first movies? I think. Yeah, that's I think one crazy. of her first movie. That's crazy.
1: That is actually um, crazy. Okay damn all right well hackers i i guess i've got to watch hackers now um i mean you don't have to
0: watch hackers but i had a lot of fun with it um yeah and it's aged well so
1: well and i don't have a very long i don't have a real relationship with angelina jolie because when i was growing up she was tomb raider and mr and mrs smith and then she just didn't really do anything for a while so i'm down to watch hackers i'm down to watch it um I got to see American Fiction at the Coolidge, which I'm very, very happy about. Nice. Uh, This is Cord Jefferson's directorial debut starring Jeffrey Wright about uh, an author, a black author named Thelonious Ellis, who is fed up with the way that, I wouldn't say society treats black people, but the way that black people are viewed in terms of their stereotypes and why... Mm -hmm. The, you know it, American audiences can only interact with black work in a certain way mm-hmm. and this is a comedy through and through um it is one of the funniest movies I've seen in the longest time and people oh, were yay. so in on it it was awesome the the, the theater was rocking and I mean Jeffrey Wright is phenomenal it's not quite I didn't know what American fiction was about going in so I was mm-hmm. kind of like surprised when i'm like oh this is literally a straight-up comedy and jeffrey wright doesn't put in like the like his i don't want to say that he doesn't put in his like powerhouse performance that we were waiting for yeah because he does do that in this film it's just more of a comedic performance but this movie is awesome man it's about his journey just trying basically like swindling people into thinking that he is not who he really is, <laughs> which is really hilarious. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I can't wait for this to hit VOD or, or, you know, streaming because I think people are going to really latch to this film. Yeah. Um, Sterling K Brown is in this movie. Uh, Adam Brody is in this movie. Everyone it's, is hilarious.
0: <laughs> it's hilarious because you talk about like people that, you know, actors that have gravitas. And oh, it's like, yeah. yeah, you put, uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Wright and Sterling K. Brown and not for nothing, but like Issa Rae.
1: Yeah. And, uh, oh yeah. Issa Rae is in there too. yeah. Issa
0: Rae. Yeah. And like, there is a much more intense movie in here, but I'm really happy to see that it's, or to hear that it's like straight
1: comedy. It's straight comedy. It's not without its, you know, its tragedies and whatnot, sure. but it is, it is hilarious. It's so down to earth. It takes place in Boston. It literally, the first sequence is in Coolidge, and i was like oh my god the whole Hashtag theater was like it. let's go um this movie is awesome um i can't wait to see what cord does next because he's a phenomenal writer and he's really gifted at understanding the tone that he wants to provide for an audience and this movie is 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 awesome american fiction definitely check it out if you can it's not playing in any theaters i think right now but it's awesome loved it nice love excellent <laughs>
0: Uh, So I'm going to do a quick twofer here and I will try Mm. my best to contain. Um,
1: I can do two if you want me to.
0: No, 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 no. These kind of go together (laughs) in a way that like they don't go together, but Mm. they do now. Um, This year I am going to watch all of the Godzilla movies. Um, Wow. I have this is this is my goal for the year. I have my list of uh, the 64 films, uh, on the road to Godzilla versus Kong, the new empire.
1: When does that uh, come out though? Are you trying to do that before that comes out? No, I'm not trying to do that oh.
0: before it comes out, but this is what I, and the reason I say heading for Godzilla versus Kong, the, the new empire, because this includes Kong. Gotcha. Um, and I have watched in the past few weeks, the original 1954 Godzilla mm-hmm. and the original 1933 King Kong, um, I'm embarrassed almost to a degree to say that I have never watched either of these movies before because they are phenomenal. I mean, like I went to film school. I have seen clips from King Kong. I've seen clips from the original Godzilla, but start to finish, I've never watched either of them. Um, Right. And at the risk of sounding like an old fogey, they don't make (laughs) movies like this
1: anymore. (laughs) They don't.
0: The level to which 1933 King Kong's effects are done yeah is incredible. It, it's one of those I look at it and I'm going, I assume that's this, I assume that's that. But like there are times where there's a transition between a live actor in the foreground reacting off of what I assume is a back projection like screen. Yeah. Um and cutting to claymation of King Kong holding like a woman is so flawless and so well done and just like great. Yeah. And just the like so I'm talking about King Kong at this point, but like sure, yeah. The effects in that are hold up to this day. There are there were moments where I was like I can't pull that apart, but I watch 200 million dollar movies <laughs> with CG where I'm like that looks terrible. Yeah. And here I'm staring at this thing that's almost That is now 90 years old. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't see that cut. How do you time that with the technology of the time? It's crazy. Insane. And then you get to Godzilla from 1954. And like one of my big things with Shin Godzilla was like, Oh, it's very much of it's like, here's the people reacting to this. And fuck, if that isn't this movie, the, the cultural presence and the like, of the momentness of Godzilla is yeah. absolutely crazy because like Godzilla is all of the fear that Japan had in the, in 1954. Right. You know, it's all manifested and it's like, it's all I'm ranting at this point, but like, no, it's all just this like incredible symbolism and this incredible, like raw emotion from these characters that are dealing with a fucking Godzilla. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, it's so conversation. It's like not to bring it back to fucking Oppenheimer, but like conversations about like what using a weapon of mass destruction could mean and what like this kind of world that is existing could mean. And it's just so Fucking well done. Yeah. And like, it's, you know, Godzilla is there, but it's not like Godzilla versus Kong where it's yeah. like, you know, here, here's just wide shots of them destroying Hong Kong. Sure. You know, not, yeah, it's oversimplification, but like,
1: well, you know, not really Godzilla versus <laughs> Kong
0: is about Godzilla and Kong destroying Hong Kong. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. um, but Godzilla is not. And I just like, I am so happy. I did these two first, yeah um that i started at the very beginning um because i am so fucking excited for this trip i'm gonna go down now um yeah and there are some obscure ones there is gonna be some absurd shit that i watch here yeah um but i am here for it i have like i feel like for i've been feeling for a long time now that i need to like validate myself as a godzilla fan
1: sure you yeah. know what i mean of course because
0: i've mm-hmm. seen you know the modern ones and i've seen a couple of the older ones here or there but right um i'm going for it man yeah i'm gonna watch son of kong and
1: son of Kong,
0: frankenstein conquers the world and uh destroy all monsters and-
1: so you are going to do both the king kong films and the godzilla films
0: yes and whatever offsets offshoots those may have like rodan yeah. has his own film oh
1: yeah Holy you know what i mean dude. um
0: and mothra has his own film and you know uh there's a lot of them there's a lot of incarnations like i said it's uh by my list here which i'm sh- fairly sure is pretty complete yeah um by my list godzilla versus kong the new empire will be number 64 um, <sighs>
1: Good so, Lord.
0: Yeah. I'm seven in already. Cause I've seen all the modern ones, but
1: uh, sure, sure, sure. Oh my yeah. God. Seven of 64.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: My God, that is an undertaking, but it's worth it. I mean, I, I don't know that I've seen the original Godzilla. I've seen the original Kong and yeah, it is like one of those things that you're like, how, yeah. like how, how was this done? People can't do that now. Yeah, Like how is this done? Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, um well, and it's one of those things. I'm like, I want more people to watch these because, yeah. a lot of this, fucking, could be done. You know what I mean? If you get the right filmmaker, you could do. You could do. This is a controversial statement, but you could do like what is in the God's original Godzilla. Pretty easily. There's nothing huge. There's no huge budget that would be attached to doing what's in the original Godzilla.
1: Right. Rear projection and claymation. Like, yeah what let's go stop motion like we can do that now Guy get in a suit. del Toro on it
0: <laughs> yeah not even, well but what i'm trying to get at is like like upcoming filmmakers like yeah th- this can be a source of infra- inspiration that like you can like you don't need a hundred million dollars to do this huge stuff right you know it's all about the story so and it looks uh, better yeah king kong and godzilla um here i go uh, there'll be a lot of these because I got a lot of movies to watch.
1: I was but, gonna say every tuned in is going to have yeah. a Godzilla. Or a I, movie. I <laughs>
0: hope I get through it this year. Um,
1: I feel
0: like it might roll into next year. Yeah, I mean I watched two hundred fifteen last year, so it's like yeah. But it's
1: not. I mean that's yeah.
0: There are also some that I may have to literally buy the DVD.
1: Yeah, I know, <laughs> and just own.
0: <laughs> but hey. well
1: we're we're not gonna hold you to that to to the to the year as your. Oh, no, You're I'm indeed. not holding
0: myself to that yet, but.
1: Good. Oh, uh, That's awesome. Um, I am not going to be embarking on that with you, unfortunately. That's <laughs> but fine. But Godspeed. I, I have another sure friend who
0: would. wants to, Uh, I, Boz really wants to go down that road with me. Dude, like, yes. Fuck yeah. Yes, do it. I'll buy the DVD and then send it to him.
1: Send it to him. <laughs> He'll he send it back. Him. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, And the last movie I'm going to talk about I also loved, and that is The Iron Claw. This is Sean Durkin's latest film starring Zac Efron. Uh, And it's about the Von Erichs family of wrestlers who I'm not a wrestling fan. That's not knock on wrestling. I just didn't grow up with it. I don't know anything about it. Um, And it's about their family and everything that happens to them, essentially, which is just horrific. It is tragedy after tragedy. Um, but this movie, it kind of knocked my socks off. It's kind of like weirdly, I don't know what I was expecting because Zac Efron has a really rocky track record Mm -hmm. and we were hoping that this was going to hit, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. The first moments you see him speak, you're like, yeah, no, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what we've been waiting for. Um, he's unbelievable i don't think he's gonna get recognized by the academy although he definitely should be in the awards race he is lights out amazing in this movie um yes he does everything from the subtlety to the full body transformation to the explosiveness that we've never actually seen him do like there's everything in this film that he accomplishes and that's not to take away from harris dickinson and jeremy Allen white who are also unbelievable in this movie um it, i don't i it's hard to talk about this movie without spoiling it because so many mm-hmm. things are just like plot point plot point plot point um but this movie just it kind of blew me away it's not perfect but it did exactly what it was supposed to do which is tell the story of this family in a way that everybody can understand it's very like a middle america kind of movie where it's like mm. It's universal. I think everybody can get something from this and everyone can enjoy it because it hits those lows, it hits those highs. It kind of does the whole package. Mm-hmm. Um I I loved this movie, dude. I can't wait for you to oh, see it. I can't I'm wait so for it to hit VOD. It's in my it just barely didn't make my top 10. I think it's number 11. I I was I was like I was speechless at the end of this film. I was like, "Holy oh. shit, they did it." That's they so great it. to hear. I don't care about wrestling, and I care deeply about wrestling now. I like, mean, yeah.
0: how long have we been like Zach Efron, like such a talented actor, but just can't find the right piece? Like yeah. we've been saying, we've been saying it for years. Years. And this ah, is it. That's satisfying to hear. Oh, this man. is the
1: one, man. Um he he does everything that we want him to, and he's just he puts his on, and, and I can tell he cares about this story too and the mm-hmm. character. Um and it's, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to say too much about it because I think everyone yeah. should watch it, but the iron claw, dude, I two thumbs up. I fucking loved this movie. Fuck. Yeah. That's Absolutely. awesome. <laughs> um, so excited. Yeah. Hopefully it'll hit VOD at some point. It's doing numbers, at the box office. So let's keep that momentum rolling. Keep but going. Uh, yeah, check it out if you can. Also Holt McCallany, just unbelievable in this movie. Just I've heard everyone. I've
0: heard great things <sighs> of him, uh, him on that. Yeah.
1: It's a tough film, but it's really, really worth it. So
0: oh, excited. yeah. All right, there
1: we go. Long there we episode, go. Any guys. more?
0: Yeah, long episode. I mean, but I watched okay.
1: Faux, um, but I don't really want to talk about it. Um, not yeah. that it was bad, but you know,
0: compared to <laughs>
1: what we've the, just gone of through. other ones yeah. we've <laughs> just
0: gone through. Yeah, um, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's bring it home. Uh, you want to do some recommendations here? Yeah. Um, which we'll be do you want to pick one of the ones that we've talked about? Um,
1: you can. I wasn't going to, but we can. I don't have to. I mean, it's up to you. Um, Our recommendation is a movie that we watched over break that we like.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, Which we've just gone through a big run of those. So let's tack one more on here. Uh, What do you got, Josh?
1: I have a movie that I, I, it was actually on my, not most anticipated, but it was on my 2023 list. It's a movie by David Slade and it's called Dark Harvest. This is a Mm. small town urban horror lore film. That is, I mean, I've, I love these movies like um, Wolf of Stow Hollow and Boys of County Hell, and like these really low budget horror films that just take place in a small town. Um and it's about this town where every year on Halloween they have this ritual where all the boys in the town are basically locked away and starved for about three days. And then afterwards they are let loose and they have to go and kill this essentially this demon. And whoever kills the demon is deemed the king of, or, like, the winner of it, and their family gets a prize, and they get to go off and do whatever they want to do. And it is this weird, kick-ass, low-budget horror film (laughs) that I was, like, talking to my mom about. I'm like, this movie might rock. Like, this, I was watching it at home, I'm like, holy shit. Um
0: it's those ridiculous. are always the best.
1: yeah but i have like halfway thing. through
0: and you're like is this amazing
1: like is this really good and it's not like phenomenal but i'm like it knows what it is and i love yeah. that so much um it's on mgm plus right now it's weird it's fucked up it's super self-aware but it's in that lineage of films that i just i'm like yes make more of these like just do something yeah. original and weird and fucked up and uh so yeah dark harvest by david slade Liked it a lot. MGM plus check it out.
0: Nice. Nice. Uh, I'm going to go in an entirely different direction. Good. Um, because I'm going to recommend Paddington 2
1: Let's go. (laughs) Uh,
0: this movie is damn near perfect. So good. man. You know what I mean? You've seen Paddington Two? I have. Yes. Like this movie. I mean, so the last episode I had just watched Paddington one and I was like, I'm going to, this will happen. Um, this movie is fucking amazing. Like across the board, the performances are great. I mean, Sally Hawkins, you know, was great before, it, but Hugh Grant as the antagonist in this is incredible.
1: So good, um,
0: like incredible, just so well defined and all this stuff. Brennan Gleeson as Knuckles McGinty, like <laughs> the chef, is just like just a perfect performance from him. Brendan Gleeson, and like, and it's all playing off of a CG bear.
1: How and does it's, it work? And How? it works
0: so well. And like the story is exactly as like loving and as like dark, almost as it needs to be to like right. be taken seriously and be just like amazing and be just Oh my god! I like. I have been told by many that Paddington Two is one of the best movies ever. Not the least of which was Pedro Pascal in uh, Incredible Weight of Massive Talent. Impossible. Yes,
1: the whatever the Nicolas Cage movie. Yes,
0: the Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, <laughs> but Paddington Two, man, like it doesn't get better.
1: It doesn't. How is it this good? Like I, it's almost like confounding how good it is.
0: Yeah. It is like the purest movie. Yeah. It is the purest movie. Um, it's insane. Yeah. Supposedly Paddington three is coming. Um, but we don't have Sally Hawkins, which I do not care for. Yeah. Um, so we, we shall see. Yeah. Um, there you go.
1: Good God. It's the guy That'll who directed Wonka. So, you know, yeah, maybe I'll yeah. see Wonka. Paul hey, King. I
0: mean, Sally Hawkins is apparently in Wonka, but true, true. Um, she was also apparently in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace as bystander. So we're gonna have to revisit that one.
1: Will we? Okay, we will.
0: And go. Is that Sally Hawkins? Is that,
1: is that Sally fucking Hawkins? It's like when I oh, saw
0: Richard God. Bronson in uh, Casino <laughs> Royale. Um. All right, that'll do it. Let's bring it home after this long, yes. long episode of yes. the first uh, first of this the year. first month of the year. Yeah. Uh, Josh, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Uh, people can find me on the internet on both Instagram and letterboxed at Josh J Fuller. And where can people find you on the internet? Willis
0: you can find me on the same Instagram and letterboxed at Willis film. And if you want to find the podcast, you can find us on Instagram and letterboxed at pixel splitters or pixelsplitters.com. Uh, If you go to our letterbox, you'll find all of our recommendations, including what was yours? Dark Harvest. Dark Harvest and Paddington 2. Starting off the year with a... Let's go. Damn good (laughs) double feature. Um,
1: Oh, man. Maybe not. Maybe not, but yeah, uh, who knows?
0: There we go. Um, Welcome to 2024, dear listeners. It is going to be a great year. Um, It will be. This is our fourth year doing this. It's fucking crazy. That's insane to me. It's um, just crazy. <laughs> so Oscar's coming soon. Very um, soon. Really, do go subscribe to our uh, our our socials. Yeah, uh, we're putting in more effort.
1: We are. <laughs> we are. We let it fall um, flat last year. We're coming true. in strong this year.
0: That's true. We got lots of plans. Um, all right. Well, on that note, um, Josh, what do you got?
1: Uh, I have. End of pod.